0: We are good to go. Another week, another episode of the Return of the Roar podcast. Frankie Cardicelli, Chris Watkins joining us this week, hey. of course. Super producer, Jay Mars. Everybody. You guys interrupted my studio, so I'm uh, interrupting yeah, your show. Technically,
1: fine. you were here last <laughs> week too, and the he week was, before. Yeah. Last week you were like our producer, the guy behind the behind the glass. Okay, to be one.
2: fair, like at KTK there's one room to record out of and like ninety of us need to use it at any given time. So you never know who can drop by on
0: anyone's podcast.
1: Yep. You never know. You never know. No. But we're happy know. to have you back, Jay.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah. That I invited myself on. Of course. It is, uh, what's today? Today's Monday, just a time thing. June Monday, 7th. Monday, June 7th at uh, 1115.
1: One day after the famous uh, Logan Paul... Yes, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Money Mayweather. Emphasis yeah. oh, on the money.
0: Emphasis on the money. I've been listening to a lot of Lil Wayne recently, and you know how he always says, like, Wheezy F-Baby and the, F, like... Young Moolah." Yeah. Yes. Floyd Money Mayweather. Floyd's the old Lula this point. Did you see
1: how he came out and was just saying, like, I'm the like, I'm the best legal bank robber on the planet? Like, he said, like, I'm... I I'm, mean,
0: it's true. bro. That's but, what yeah, happened like, last night. Yeah. I mean, even... Because here's the thing. Even before they even step in the ring, he's made... What, $30 million? Something like that. Even before, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are yet, but first of all, did you guys buy the fight? No. 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 Stream all day. We're all on
2: that stream illegal live. stream, baby. I didn't even give it an illegal stream. I'm like, what am I actually going to be yes, watching? Far yeah. on
1: Twitter, just people saying tweets. Probably listen, tweets.
2: bro. If I want to pay for fake fights, I will watch WWE <laughs> Network. Like I don't need that yeah. in boxing. It's already bad enough. It, it was. It, it would have been, been a waste. I mean, it would have been a waste
1: of money if someone bought it. Like, I thought about buying it, and then uh, my girlfriend and I we were at the house, and I said, you know what, I. I'm on that stream
0: life. and I I, I I know how to stream the red zone. I can find us a There stream. was a zero percent chance I was giving either of those two my money. No. Like absolutely those, not. those well, are literally like bottom the, five people the I would give my money to. People paid for the Jake Paul fight that one time and it was mm-hmm. just an absolute
1: joke. It's like I'm not I'm not gonna if it's a legit fight down the line sometime, if it's like a legitimate fight, like if if it was Mayweather versus you know, Anyone else probably? It was like <laughs> if,
0: legitimate. It was, if it was Mayweather versus Chris <laughs> you're yeah, more yeah. into that. Oh, yeah. oh, that. Tu- I would tune into that. <laughs> oh, I'm in front row on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in Chris's corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Frank's like, come on, man. Like he's 44. Yeah, you I will it. say. I mean, <laughs> this is like. Do you think Floyd went for it? At any point? No, Floyd literally had to hold him up. Yeah. Floyd basically said,
2: hey, dude, I'm going to carry this kid for eight rounds. You want to know why? Because I can cash in on him. And now what's next? I'm sure his brother will challenge me. I'll take him
0: on and take everyone's money, too. If I could put on my tinfoil hat. I don't know how these things work. I don't watch a lot of boxing matches. Is there typically commercials in between no. rounds? No. Okay. They, they did for this. So one. when I saw that, I instantly was like, I mean, there has to be some form of quota. Like you can't. What happens if Chevron, whatever Chevron, buys a seventh round commercial, but there's no seventh round. Well, Chevron already paid for that commercial, and I know you know there's probably logistics. That they figured it or out. Something. Yeah, they'll but figure it I, out. But I just kind of I, it just adds. I mean, and I think Floyd said it before the fight, like it was a lose lose because, I mean, he says it's a lose lose, and he makes thirty million dollars. But from like a, from a boxer
2: yeah. standpoint, yes. But from making money, no, there's no loss. No, there. yeah, no. no, not none like, at all. Let me be honest though, I, I do respect both Logan and Jake Paul's hustle. That dude yeah. made. million roughly last night to just go in there and get his, you know what, kicked by a guy he's supposed to get his, you know what, kicked by. Yeah. Like, that that
0: hustle is real. Like, I I don't respect the human, but I respect the hustle. Could you imagine, like, if some, I mean, we all have hoop dreams. Sure. If someone actually got the chance to play and Michael Jordan accepted a one on one battle against somebody just because they were famous, like, could you imagine being that one person? Right. Like you know that you're taking somebody had to start from a a childhood random neighborhood in where I think they're from Ohio or something yeah. like that, which I, is I Cleveland. That I think. seems like the exact place where yeah. a kid would have this random dream it, of randomly fighting Floyd Mayweather one what's day. What's up with
1: Cleveland lately. Jo- the Joe Noah thing since <laughs> that video come back. That who wants ever to go to Cleveland <laughs> ever since Joe I mean, Noah
0: disrespected Cleveland. Cleveland lightweight has been, never been, has this been, this been winning. It's it's kind of wild. Um, I don't know if you it would makes actually called Jake. Paul winning, but um, financially speaking, they are, they are. I mean, I mean, I sp- that's yeah, I, I was, yeah. So to wrap up that point, it's just like, I like, wow. Like, yeah, on your, to your point, good on them. <laughs> like that is wild to come from just, and they were nobodies at one point and then ascend to the top of getting ex- Floyd Mayweather is notorious. The biggest criticism of Floyd Mayweather's career is he does not fight like, the people that they want to see him fight. And granted, no one really wanted to see Floyd Mayweather fight Logan Paul, but or whatever well, one it was, but they, to, for him to actually accept the fight is a huge People thing. wanted to see
1: it because they wanted to see
0: Logan Paul get, get knocked out. Beat. I mean, yeah. even though that being... Like, I still want to see it. At some point, someone's got to do it. I don't like the Paul brothers. I will
1: say, and for those that don't even know who the hell the Paul brothers are, I don't blame you. Good but, for you, man. Uh, oh, man, Logan Paul seems a lot more... Low-key and I don't want to say respectable, but more down to – or more like realistic. I'm not using that word for either of them. Well, then Jake Jake Paul is like a – Clown. Yes. And Logan Paul always came out after and said like how much he respected the opportunity and respected Floyd Mayweather yeah. and how he was honored to be in the ring with him. Whereas I don't think Jake Paul would have done that at all. Jake Paul was in the yeah. crowd, like with his yes. tinfoil hat on, saying that Logan <laughs> yeah. Paul won the fight. And the broadcasters were literally saying, like, shut up, like sit down. Like they said like, shut up. No he's not. Love
0: these Zamero. So uh, I
1: would would I like to see Floyd Mayweather come back and fight Jake Paul? I mean, who wouldn't want to see that,
0: right?
2: Me, right here. I mean, I'll I, be the first one to volunteer and say no. I don't want yeah, to see it. If I you. need I like to see it.
0: these fools get knocked That's out. I, and like, I want to and be I, be real. Tyron Woodley might knock him out. Tyron Woodley's a huge dude. I don't know. You know, I, again, I don't watch UFC like that, so I don't know. You know how great of a boxer he is, but I need to see Jake or Logan Paul hit the canvas and knock him up.
1: Yeah, and the, the whole For 10 like seconds. Me, the, before we, you to end the Paul brother talk. Please, but the, we, the, the, I know but six minutes the, in. The, if anyone knew what the, the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight, or you know, that was a Ben Askren has wanted to c- c- cut the check and let me get yeah. out of here. Yeah, he, he, the he first did not punch care. that was thrown, he dropped. So easy, and if you see videos of that guy when he was in his UFC career just getting beat down and still getting up and fighting, he took one punch from Jake Ball and was like, okay, million dollars, I'm going to walk out of here my he gets the
0: bag regardless. Yeah, he
1: with his wife there arm-in-arm arm, laughing walking out of the building. There's, a, there's an actual video of it, so uh, for anyone that spent their Sunday night watching that fight, I hope you didn't pay for it. Uh, Streams are out there. He's got to find them. Have a couple backup ones. Uh, police, please don't arrest me for saying that. Or yes. Dana White. I know Dana White was like threatening someone saying, yeah. I'm outside your house. We're watching you. Whoever's Come at putting us, those streams out. Come at me, Dana, or anyone else who's out there. I'm, I'm ready for it because I will not give you my money. So,
0: um, Can I – you know what that makes me think of too is the only reason I was watching the fight was because there was – I mean there was USA versus Mexico soccer, which was a great game. But don't even I talk was, about I the I was wasn't watching that. Yeah. Um, why the that last hell time? did the NBA put both of their playoff games so early in the morning? 10.30 in the morning and 12.30 West Coast time. They were done by 2.30. Can I be honest? I really like that. I, <laughs> I having having really the to enjoy the games in the afternoon, especially on a Sunday. I like waking up and having them, but also... Like have have a premier game at night. Yeah, like I, I, th- I just think there needed to be a game that started at five.
1: I like game seven being at twelve thirty. I wouldn't have minded if the Hawks and Sixers game was like at four p.m. Uh, Pacific time. I think that would have been kind of yeah. nice. But
0: I just need an excuse to not watch the fight essentially, and there was I had no reason. There was yeah, just I got like I ten on.
2: different streaming services. I don't need that excuse. Like yeah. I was good. I'll
0: find something to watch if I need to. Yeah, the soccer game actually
1: was fun too. I mean, it's just like there was a lot of fun sports on yesterday. There was playoff hockey. There's a bunch of good things on. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. It was, the, yeah, the prime time I, I did event, the playoff hockey the, the, that is
0: on my my bad.
1: The soccer game was going on, but the prime time event that everyone was like watching yeah. before that was that that, that godforsaken fight. Crazy. So, uh, but hey, coming up this week, we'll get in the playoffs later. But there's a lot of days where there's two games, and and I think tonight there's a good slate. Uh, Phoenix plays their first game against Utah, um, and you then you got Milwaukee and Brooklyn Milwaukee, right, tonight. And game, and two. Brooklyn game No two. James Harden. No James Harden. Denver but, Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, it would be fun. But should we get uh, the small forward stuff out of the way before we yes, get into the playoff that's time? that's right. Yeah, Everyone's we're, favorite.
0: Uh, we're doing our uh, positional breakdowns on a week-to-week basis. Go back and listen to our centers, which I think, Jay, you did that with us, right? Did I believe you? so, yeah. yeah. And then uh, last week we did power forwards, Marvin Bagley, Mo Harkless, and Chemezi. Um, this week we're doing our small forwards, which will be Harrison Barnes, uh, Justin James, and Robert Woodard, Bobert Woodard, the third. Um, obviously, two of those guys didn't play too much, so we probably won't spend all that much time on them. But let's uh, let's get it started with one. Harrison, don't know his middle name. Barnes.
1: Uh, I have it right here. If you'd like to know, yeah, I would uh, actually, please. Harrison,
0: hold on. Bryce. You have oh damn. Bryce. There's two. There's two.
1: There's two. Two
0: middle names. Yes. Wow. Can you guess it? Harrison Shambu, <laughs> yes. Harrison Bryce.
1: Hey, Brooksy. <laughs> Let's go, Brooksy.
0: <laughs> I like that. Uh, there's nothing better I can say. Than that. Uh,
1: I'll give you a hint. He has two middle names. The second one has to do with where he went to college. Like, just think about where he went to college.
0: He went to college. Like, Bryce uh, Chapel.
1: Think about who went to the college he went to. Jordan. Jordan.
0: Wow! Look at hey. us. Harrison Bryce Jordan Barnes. That's right. That's a no, lot. no hyphen. Just no hyphen.
1: two middle names. Two middle names. I have a couple friends that have two middle names. Okay.
0: Well, um,
2: all right. For sure. Harrison. What's your middle name? Michael. What's your middle name? <laughs> Michael Jordan. Mar. What? what? Mar. Mar? And then Z is the last name, so J, Mar, Z. Oh, there it is. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> wow. That makes sense. Mine well, is Angelo. Learn something new every day.
1: Who we keeping score. Uh, Michael Angelo. Frankie Angelo. That's right. Wow. Fra- Franklin Angelo to you, sir. Sorry. Uh, H.B., <laughs> 29 years young. Just turned 29 uh, he's in the just finished the second year of his contract. He has two years remaining. Obviously,
0: career season. I was just about to say, man, can we say that this is Harrison Barnes' best year of his career? Yes. Well,
1: taking a look at the numbers here, yeah, he had a, a career high this season in uh, assists per game, three point five. He had multiple games with eight assists. We saw him really take a cha- uh, take charge and facilitating the offense when uh, De'Aaron Fox was out in, near the end of the season. Uh, career high in rebounds per game, six point six. Career high in field goal percentage, 49.7. Career high in three-point percentage, 39. I'm sorry, the wow. second best three-point oh. percentage, 39. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 16 points per game, 6.6 6 boards, 3.5 assists. Uh, what more can you want of a starting small forward? I mean, yeah,
0: 16 points, hair under 50% from the field, hair under 40% from three. That's, that is your baseline average, I'll take it every day, position player, starter. If you're like a a, a playoff team that has at least two all-stars that are known,
2: like let's say Boston, Mm -hmm. for example, right? He is literally the perfect guy to put on any team as your fourth option. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot, if you're a playoff team with bona fide players and Harrison is your fourth option, chances are you're a really good basketball team. And to me, he just showed, hey, I'm good, but Harrison's not the type of guy, in my opinion, on this team that's going to carry this team anywhere. No, No. I think I think
1: uh not that he ever had those aspirations. I think no. that, I think that the, the Mavericks and they signed him they kinda <laughs> back they in did. the day in two thousand sixteen, yeah. they had that vision that he he this is pre Luca and pre even KP, which you know, whatever with him, but uh he, Dallas needed a guy who was gonna come in and take, you know, the next step with their franchise. He was mm-hmm. twenty four at the time. They gave him that big contract back then. Uh and he did have one year re averaged nineteen points per game, but his shooting numbers were down terrible. Uh he really didn't it was kind of a stat stuffing year and I mean in my opinion I mean, Well, mean I
2: mean he was basically the number one option yeah. on offense. Yeah. Yeah. It was very we bad just team established. If Harrison Barnes is that's your number one or number two guy, chances are your basketball team's not very good. Put some
1: respect on Yogi Ferrell's run that year love with Dallas. I love Yogi Ferrell's run in Dallas, Dallas dude. Right but uh yeah, this is like like you said, he's not a guy who's ever going to be the, num- the number one or even number two option really. He shouldn't be. Uh that's why he was so good on the Warriors I and mean, he was that kind of guy who's going to hang out on the perimeter and knock mm-hmm. down threes and rebound and, and play defense on, on the LeBrons, which we talked about how valuable that is, having a guy on your roster that can go and, and go body-to-body body with those Kawhis, LeBrons, KDs, there's no one else in the Kings roster that can do that. I know last week we talked about Mo Harkless kind of stepped in and would help out with that down you know the end of the season. I think he did to a degree. To a degree, but HB, not that he's a, sh- a lockdown defender, but he he's is, an adequate defender. He's a serviceable defender, and he's a good scorer. Uh, he's very similar to the way he kind of operates on offense to LeBron as far as he likes to use his body to get into the paint. Like, we saw him go into the paint time and time again and use the glass a lot, and um, that's where I thought he made his biggest impressions this season was mm-hmm. in the paint and around the rim because he was like a dominant, like not a dominant, but a pretty formidable presence in yeah. the post.
0: No, that Eurostep move, he pretty much perfected that this year where it was, and <laughs> it's very uh, Kyle Anderson-esque where it's super, super slow-mo, and he really, like, Leaps, yeah. stops, gathers, takes his other foot, <laughs> and then goes up. Um, and yeah, like that's definitely a sign of his his growing into his adult body. What is it, twenty? You said twenty nine now, so he's, he's in really his prime. Yeah, Let's Let's he's hitting his, his physical prime. He's stronger than these nineteen year old. He has a centered, nice contract, yeah, exactly. So he he knows who he is and what he can do at this point. Um, and I was thinking earlier to your guys' point of him being a perfect fourth option for a team let's be honest with the player Harrison is like he disappears sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably his biggest um, downfall as a reliable, you know, as a guy who could potentially be a two or three option. Um, And so I think the thing with Harrison moving forward will be how can the Kings kind of transition their roster to rely less on Harrison so we can get more of these instead of these, you know, it's great when Harrison can drop 30, but if we can just get him to get, 14 to 18 solid dirty buckets a game. Is it transition the roster to kind
2: of move him into that space? Or is he going to be the guy that kind of is the catalyst to the Mm -hmm. initial transition of the roster? That's kind of where I'm at with Harrison at this Mm -hmm. point. I like Harrison's game. I really like what he does for this team. But we also have to look at the totality here. And he's been here two and a half seasons. This team hasn't made the playoffs, which in my mind Again, like him, loved what he did this year. He's very expendable. Mm-hmm. He he kind of fits into that nice guy culture to a T that this team has established over the last couple of years. But for me, they they have to get away from this nice guy culture. we got to start bringing in some guys that are going to shift to more of a – I don't want to say like – I guess tough would be maybe the best word I could describe it. They need guys that are more tough, more guys that are going to be in your face. And when you start looking at how they're going to make over this roster – They don't have any cap space right now. So when you look at guys that are tradable, to me, Harrison, outside of Tyrese or Fox, is the most tradable commodity on this team.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he is the asset that – I mean, I know people talk about Buddy, and we've talked about Buddy multiple times about, oh, we can trade Buddy. Well, that's easier said than done. And Harrison's a guy where uh, an executive said – I can't remember what article. I think it was – I don't know if it was Sam Amick or what, saying how – and I think people were saying it was uh, it was Danny Ainge yes. saying this quote. It was like an, a source close to an that NBA GM. team that they made like the most boneheaded move like an NBA trade deadline history by not trading him. It made no sense to hold on to him. Uh, I think his value is still very very high on the trade market because of his decreasing salary twenty million this year, eighteen million next year. We just talked about what he can bring to the table. He's in his twenties still, for one more year maybe, but you know.
2: Again, he'll be in his prime for the next couple seasons. Like, If you're a team like Boston that needs to look at your roster and shake some things up, you start looking at a guy like Harrison Barnes, who we know they liked. We know they liked a lot. He was mentioned in trade rumors enough times that clearly he is liked on that roster. The thing is with Danny Ainge is Danny Ainge had to win every trade, right? Not just by a little Danny Ainge had to feel like he fleeced you. And I think Monty McNair knew that. And I think a lot of GMs kind of figured that out over the years with Danny Ainge. It's like, he's always going to try to win the trade. Like he was not okay with a, with a parallel trade in talent, so to speak, that could have helped both teams. It's kind of awkward after a while. And I think that was the one big issue with Ainge these last couple seasons. And it really showed But is Brad Stevens going to have that same approach? Brad Stevens knows that roster better Mm -hmm. than anybody. He knows what that roster needs. And when you look at a team like Boston, a guy like Marcus Smart to me makes so much sense for the Kings. And if you could somehow work out a package deal where the Celtics could get off Tristan Thompson and Marcus Smart for Harrison Barnes, maybe a second round pick. I feel like that's a trade that helps both of those teams with needs. Because they both have a, a similar need and they both have a target that each team would want.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because as you we were talking there, I was thinking the, the conversation I think that's unfortunate for the Kings side is I don't know if Harrison's really one of those guys that any team is going to want to give up anything substantial for. Right. And is Marcus Smart considered substantial? Probably not, but that's also probably... He's probably like the line of the best Mm -hmm. player you're going to get. So I don't know really if anyone would be willing to give up any assets for him. Um, And I just... I mean, yeah, I think the Marcus Smart would work. Um, It's just a matter of, again, if Boston... Would be willing to do that trade.
2: Yeah, let me let me be very clear. I'm not saying like a uh, dug guys make this trade. Yeah, again, yeah, Marcus definitely. Smart has been looked at as the heart and soul, mm-hmm. so to speak, of that Celtics roster. But again, similar to the Kings, they have to make some move the roster.
0: Yeah,
2: unless they get a really good trade offer for Jalen Brown, because Jason Tatum's not going anywhere. Jalen Brown is, I think, movable. But again, you're going to have to really wow them with mm-hmm. an offer. Kemba Walker right now is not a movable piece. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the core and guys there that actually have value, Marcus Smart is the only one.
0: Yeah, yeah, because um, with the way that Kemba has played, and I think he's almost on his uh, he's almost got on two his years. – yeah. no, He's got
2: two years left,
0: and he's, he's making a lot of money. Making too, a lot man. of
2: money, and he's just kind of –
0: damaged goods at this point. Yeah, I mean, the Kings don't need a player like him anyway. But um, that would definitely be interesting. I mean, not to fixate on the Marcus Smart piece, but uh, just to add Marcus to their rotation, I think a four-guard rotation, really, of DeLon, De'Aaron. Man, that's a lot of Ds. uh, Marcus Smart and and Tyrese. I would love that backcourt. I think that's a very strong, solid defensive backcourt. It changes the culture,
2: again. And that's what you're really looking for Mm -hmm. at this trade is it's not so much like, did we get... You know, dollar for dollar value talent, which you could kind of argue you would. Mm-hmm. It's basically like, yo, we are this kind of soft team that's really good on offense that can't play a lick of freaking defense. Yeah. Let's bring in this hard nosed dude that is known to play defense, not terrible offensively. I'm mm-hmm. not an offensive juggernaut by any standpoint. Makes no. a lot of mistakes on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, but at this point, you you got to start getting, you got to start doing something different. Yeah,
0: Marcus Smart would also. That's interesting. Would be a very you couldn't it play against the money. It could go one or two ways <laughs> no. with the Kings because he would either be in a situation where he would be like, "Oh, this team needs Marcus Smart. I'm going to give them, you know, like I'm going to take." Because even now in Boston, I mean, he's playing with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. There'll still be games where Marcus Smart takes 15. Yeah, to 20 he's not shots. shy about shooting. Like, them no. Yeah, and so I would be a little afraid that here he would be like, "Well, I'm needed offensively here," even though he's clearly not needed offensively. But I, I would just think he would feel like. Um, there's less eyes on him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the team isn't as good as Boston going into a contract um, year. Exactly. So I, I could see him potentially trying to really, uh, maybe not play the game that we would like him to play. Marcus Smart uh, for his career, thirty-nine or thirty-seven percent from the field, thirty-two
1: percent from three-point range. Uh, he does average one point six steals per game for his career. Uh, he just came <laughs> off of a career season where he averaged thirteen point one points per game. On ten point six attempts from the field, he took ten uh, attempts
0: a game this yeah, year. Yeah, he, he can Ooh.
1: he can knock down free throws. He's he's about eighty uh, percent for his career, and you know, it's it's a player that if we were to trade Harrison Barnes for a Marcus Smart, you know, it it's a change of scenery. It, like we talked about, the Kings need a, a yeah. guy to come in and play hard nosed defense. The Celtics. They might need a guy like HB to come in and just provide what HB provides, which is a bigger body, uh, a different pre- a different position. Because yes. then I know they have J. If they were to keep Jalen Brown, you could run a lineup with Tatum, Brown, and Barnes. Um he it's, brings it's in a the big type lineup, of veteran
2: leadership I think that squad particularly he, needs. He just
1: seems like a Celtic to me. I get to see Harrison Barnes already. As sure. a Celtic. The way he's guys, he's the, the quiet demeanor. He's mm-hmm. a, a quiet leader. Um, I, I just think, it's, and the Kings really do need a guy like Mark, Marcus Smart or. Not Patrick Beverly, but a guy with that mentality and that mindset who is just like a thorn in your side and is going to be give you, you know, be a living hell on the on the floor. Like as far as the on the defensive side, mm-hmm. and right. uh, he'll make his no, teammates
2: it. uncomfortable in that sense. Yeah. And that's what I like about it is like the Ole defense of the Sacramento Kings. Like he is going to get into guys, you know what about yeah. that, and hold guys accountable. And that's really what it comes down to to me with this roster is accountability. On the defensive side of the ball, who could hold who accountable? There's no good defenders on the team. Mm-hmm. There
0: really yeah, I, uh, the the only thing about doing that specific Marcus Smart for for Harrison thing would be there would be a massive hole at the forward position, and uh, even if you bring back Mo Harkless, yeah, Mo Harkless isn't filling that. You know, hole. yeah, I, I don't know what you would realize. You would have you would go from league average at small forward to. Probably the worst small forward situation in the league, depending on who you pick up at the draft.
2: To me, again, and that's what I mean by that would almost be a starter move. Because yeah. to your point, you're going to have to fill other holes, which yeah. you know you have to do
0: regardless. Mm-hmm. But you can't, to me... And at that point, your backcourt is kind of <laughs> yeah. set in concrete. Like Period. There's nothing, you are you don't even need to think about anything. No, you're looking to two. maybe
2: use your mid-level at that point. Mm-hmm. Because you're again, you're going to be over the cap. Um, you bring Tristan Thompson back in that deal because you need to make the money work. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. More year. It, and it also says like Rashawn Holmes probably not coming back. Which yeah. I, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm not convinced Rashawn Holmes will be back. I, I think he's going to get more money. than the I Kings think it's are more unlikely offer. every
1: day that he's not coming back. Yeah, at this no. point,
2: you have you look what happened. Dallas gets bounced yesterday. The center position is clearly an issue. They're going to try to move off Porzingis. I don't know how successful they'll be in that, just because. You're talking about a bloated contract. Yeah, I think it's right around three and a hundred million left on that deal for a guy whose defense has just taken a nosedive with all the injuries. He's not the explosive guy. He used to be on the offensive side of the ball. He disappears at times, but To me, the Mavericks could really use a Rashawn Holmes. Charlotte's going to be under the cap. They need a center really bad. Their center rotation was hot garbage. Not a fan of Bismack and Cody Zeller. I'm sure they're nice human beings, and I would totally sit down and have lunch with them. But as far as you know, high caliber NBA center, hard pass. Well, one
1: interesting thing that Dallas could do. I mean, they're they're getting about 20 million off the books with. Chris's favorite player, Tim Hardaway Jr. Hey bro, he's, he's the a great real, Tim Hardaway Jr. He'll Thank probably you. be departing. I would say in free agency, and they could use that money. Not all of it. He, Rashawn's on a, a twenty million per year player. Even though I think that's what his camp wants, which is a, that's a nice starting point in, in negotiations. But um, I mean that the it's money could money. be there for Dallas to make that kind of splash. But that being said, yeah, a move for like we're talking about those hypotheticals where we bring in a Marcus Smart, those kind of moves. It yeah, I mean. I don't think Rashawn Holmes is going to be a part of the equation with with those moves, but um,
0: to bring anyways, it all back, yeah, yeah. Harrison Barnes, great on the season. <laughs> well,
1: well let's, let's all give a grade then. Let's have a grade, yeah. and then we'll, we'll give our predictions. Do we think For he'll sure. be back? So, want to give a grade first, Chris? Yeah,
0: um, I'll give Harrison, I'll give him an A minus. I was going to give him a B plus, but I mean, like we said earlier, it was the best year of his career. Um, the especially the first half of the season, uh, it was. I was shocked. I mean, I, I think we've talked about it a couple times, but during our preseason episodes, we were just talking like no one was really expecting any sort of leap from Harrison Barnes. It kind of just seemed like he was who he was at this point in his career. We knew what he was going to be. He was just kind of, you know, a guy who was going to fill it in a little bit, but not really have much of an impact, but we were hoping he could. Um, And this year, I think he really, really stepped it up. he, was like we said, fifty percent from the field, forty percent from three, sixteen points a game. There was games, especially yeah, in the first half of the season, where he was the king's best player on certain nights, and you know, putting up thirty points a game and uh, just really big shots, and and was great defensively. Didn't see any of it coming. Didn't think he would be, you know, have really the value that he had, especially at the the midpoint of the season. Uh, yeah, a minus. Don't don't really have. He's not LeBron James, so he's not getting an A+.
1: Yeah, I I have to agree, A- probably. I, I didn't expect him to come in and be LeBron James or anything like that. He 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 exceeded the expectations that I had, which was the basic benchmark we've seen over the last couple of years, which is like 14, 15. But he had career highs in, in a lot of categories, and what more can you ask for? Um, efficient, healthy. He, he had a little injury at the end of the season that kept him out, but I think that was kind of more the Kings managing it as far as – yeah. Um, you know, what what's the point really? Like they don't need to rush him back or dear any of those guys that were hurt. If the Kings were the seventh seed in the playoffs, I think that Tyrese De'Aaron, and H B would have been playing come mm-hmm. the week after the regular season ended. But um no, I'm happy with with what he did this year and I'm happy with what he did. And if he does come back, I'm thrilled to have him as our starting forward every night. Starting yeah.
2: small forward. No, I I give him a solid B just because he exceeded my expectations like he did everyone else's. But my expectations, if I were to give him what I thought his grade would have been by the end of the season, a C. So I'll bump him up a full letter grade. I can't go quite A with him yet because of some of the inconsistencies you guys have talked about and still being a third or fourth option on the team. So I'll go solid B, though. I, I thought it was an impressive year for Harrison Barnes. Again, I do think, you know, of the guys that are quote unquote tradable, he is your. Probably your best tradable asset at this point, and that says something. So, again, solid B for Harrison this year.
0: Yeah, I would also – yeah, he, he was a I – w- I was going to say significantly worse, but he was definitely a step down the second half of the season. Yeah. he. De- I don't know if he maybe picked up an injury, if he just got tired. I don't know. But uh, definitely the second half of the season was not – he wasn't as efficient um, and just wasn't on a night-to-night basis as reliable – but uh, I mean, that kind of like we said, that kind of is what you get with Harrison and you'll take the good nights and uh, you'll have to survive the bad ones because it was really and we talked about it a lot throughout the season on the games where Harrison Barnes didn't play well. coincident, or I shouldn't say uncoincidentally, those were the games where the Kings didn't play well and they really, really needed him to to be a really consistent player throughout the season. And you saw with the Kings record, the Kings were not consistent all season. Um, And a big part of that was and I'm not blaming Harrison, but I just think it was it speaks to the the importance or the the weight that they put on his shoulders, which is pretty surprising considering, like we've said, he should probably be a third or fourth option. Uh, But how about that Cleveland shot? You know, he he did. (laughs) That was fun. He did hit the game winner against Cleveland, which, you know, that's. I can, you know, obviously... A little each, pat on the each, butt to Colin yeah, Sexton. Like, good, yeah. Yeah. good try, kid. Each game winner is is uh, unique in its own, but I don't think, like, we've really had a game winner like that before.
1: The pass, too, you was, know? like, very integral to that play. De'Aaron Fox mm-hmm. went full court. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. quarterback, like, threading the needle. Just, it was a beautiful pass. Yeah.
0: Shame that no one was in the building. That's, uh, that's really, like, that'll probably kill the legacy. I was in the building. Like I said, no one was in the building, <laughs> so... Um, do we think Harrison Barnes will be back next season? I think that's – the obviously none of us have the answer, but it really is just well, well, trying what to – are you
1: leaning? Like if you had to pick a side, like what – you can give a percent. Like what percent is he on the roster next opening night?
0: I would say probably like a 25% chance. I just think really? like Jay has said, I just think it just makes too much sense. He's he's our most valuable trade piece besides De'Aaron, valuable besides De'Aaron and, and uh, Tyrese – And I think the Kings need to do something. And he's got the most digestible contract. He's got the most probably, you know, he's just he's the most solid player of the guys that we have that you could trade for and really sell any franchise on. So he's kind of he's uh, he's just a Swiss Army knife, you know?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm more about 40 percent that he's not back next season simply because we... There's still a lot of question marks in regards to Monty McNair when it comes to trading. Obviously, we've seen him make small trades, but we haven't seen Monty really pull the trigger yet on a big deal. So I am mm-hmm. i don't know if he'll do it or not, and I guess that's kind of where I lean with it. I think he's going to. I think yeah. McNair realizes he has to rebuild the roster, and I think he realizes that is an asset that's going to help him rework the roster into whatever vision he has. So, yeah, I'll go Harrison back next year at about 40%. I would say –
1: I'm gonna give him a 51 percent chance of coming back next year. I like it. The only only reason why I'm saying I think he'll this more likely, slim more likely he'll be back than not, is because in order for the Kings to move on from Harrison, they have to have that next thing lined up. Whether it's Marcus Smart, they have to they have to have the next. Yeah. You know, they have to have all their ducks in a row. They have to have things all ready to go. Because if you don't have Harrison Barnes in the roster next year, that a clear cut replacement. We've seen what that looks like over the last 10, 12 games of the season. It was not pretty. Uh, I think if Monty McNair wants to swing for it and, and go for a Marcus Smart or go for a, a a power forward out there or some kind of big that's going to replace him in the lineup, sure. But like you said, we haven't seen what he's been capable of as a GM. He's never been the GM of a team on his own. He was assistant in Houston for years and years. and uh, There has to be a, a clear-cut replacement for HB because otherwise the Kings are in big trouble. So, um yeah, I'd say fifty-one percent.
0: Yeah, I also think a part of it is too. It's like, I think I might have touched on it earlier, but like well, when we'll talk about it next week when we talk about Buddy. But I think the the market for Buddy might be a little surprising in the fact that we might actually have to like give something up a little bit in order to like to get rid of him or Marvin. Something. I mean, yeah, I think I think it's like giving something up now. Yeah. So I think I say that to say, I just think Harrison's really the only piece that you can give up and realistically get something tangible, something a good piece back. Parallel in talent. Exactly. You know, if you're getting rid of Buddy, you're going to have to give up something else if you want to get something back that you you actually want. Um, And so, yeah, I I just, I don't know. I, I definitely. Twenty five percent makes it seem like I'm I'm definitely expecting him to leave. I just I I, it just makes too much sense. Like, would I be surprised if he's back? No, because he's a good player, and like I said, I don't think you can just replace him. Like, I think that's definitely, absolutely something you should. Like, they should not just hear the Marcus Smart trade and be like, "Yes, we need him to improve." They really need to think about. To your point, Frankie, what are they doing after? Uh, after that move is done, they need to have a plan for. I mean, we can this can be transition into this. I don't think Robert Woodard is going to be ready no. to play next season. I don't know if Justin I mean, James is going to be on the roster minutes. next season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he'll get some minutes, but he's not going to be able to play anything. You know, no. I don't think anyone's standard. expecting thirty minutes from exactly. Robert Woodard. We need next to see year. him play. Yeah, yeah I know
1: people, we yeah. all watch people watch him in the bubble, and people are freaking out. And again, his. Robert Woodard, his numbers in the bubble were good. Do you have those? Uh, I have them right oh, here. In beautiful. The, in the G League bubble, he was 16.8 points per game, 11 rebounds, uh, 2.1 assists. He shot 41% from the field, which is not great. Um, 21% from three, but 1.4 steals per game. I mean, 11 boards and 1.4 steals, that's the exact kind of impact the Kings need. That's in G League, of course, but uh, seeing what you have on the roster, we need to see him play. And. The summer is gonna be a lot of fun as far as watching guys like him play, Jamias Ramsey play. Uh, I think Justin James, which we'll get to him next. I think that he probably is a guy who could use more summer league anyway because he yeah. played so well uh, over the last week or two of the season. I mean, he had that Drop thirty, point 30 game. dude. Uh, but it starts with, with him Bob and Scow. with Bob Woodard. People are saying he is the guy that's going to be. Uh, a lot of NBA executives said that he, they think he's kind of a steal because he has a lot of talent and he, he has an NBA bot. He's six foot six, two thirty five. He's 21 years old. My goodness. So,
0: yeah. The fool is definitely like he, eats. he looks like a receiver. Like he he's definitely cut up for sure. Uh I shouldn't say receiver. He looks more like a tight end or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. I'd say tight end. Um, yeah. He's he's massive. He's definitely coming in NBA body. I think that's probably the most NBA ready thing about him. Uh you just list it off his shooting numbers. He's his shot is not not the prettiest looking thing, but the thing that I do like about him is he knows how to use his body. He is aggressive. Um, and I think he, he kind of is the type of dude who's going to come in and just try and figure out how he can impact winning. He doesn't seem like the type of dude who's like, this is my game and this is how I play. And like, I'm going to go out there and show y'all how I do my game. Like, he really seems like the type of dude plays within the system, plays within the game. And like, I mean, he, I, I don't want to over, you know, overanalyze this but like he joined a text he played for the Austin Spurs which is yeah. mm-hmm. obviously not the Kings G League affiliate team just kind of showed up came off the bench and really through force of ability made himself uh, a part of their their lineup and he played i think like 25 minutes again he played a lot of uh, minutes for that team he played uh when they really 31 didn't, they didn't need him to play at all because obviously they don't care much about his development. uh, 12 appearances, 31 minutes per game. I say all of this to say I do not care a single second about anything Robert Woodard has done in the G League. Like, it's all great. It's fine and dandy. He scored 20 points a game. That tells me literally nothing. Yeah. Scoring like, 20 in the G League doesn't exactly translate to scoring 20 well, in the yeah. NBA. Exactly.
1: <laughs> How many times have we seen that happen with guys that have just been unconsciously I, good in the G League? And,
0: can I? Not Kyle Guy. G <laughs> I mean, Kyle yeah. Guy was unconscious from David three. Stockton entire, was put up monster game. numbers in the G League. Who was that player? Harry Giles uh, even would put up 20, 24, Scowl. and 12 all the time.
2: scal? I think Scals last year, they'd send him down to Stockton for an assignment. Yeah. He had a yeah. monster game. Who yeah.
1: was that player that played for, I think he signed with, the Mavericks a year or two ago. He was averaging like 35 in the G League. He like went to Baylor. I can't remember what the player's oh, name man. was though. But there, it happens time and time again. The the thing you take away from G, the G League is the fact that guys are playing, yes. and those numbers do give them a shot to yeah. prove themselves. No, def- it, I,
0: it's better to play good than bad. Yeah, or some, to not. You know, Jemias Ramsey didn't do much when he no. played for Aguascaliente Clippers. Yeah, he got hurt
1: too, I think. So did yeah. uh, Woodard. But. Um, it, there are scenarios where guys have come from the G League and had solid careers For and sure. been good players, and yeah. and this could be one too. It, it just it depends. We need to see him play in summer league to start, and then we'll go from there because we haven't seen him play against NBA that that many NBA ready NBA prospects draft. No, no I mean, we've I don't seen know. him play none. It's we've a crap seen shoot. Him,
0: I mean, he the only minutes in the NBA he has played are literally like the last two to three minutes max of a ball game that is a blowout. So we have not seen him no. play any sort of significant minutes at all. Um, Good news for him, yeah. though. He's going to get a summer league this year. He is. He's going
2: to get a full training camp full. this year. So he's going to have the opportunity to yep. go in and compete. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, again. And impress, definitely. Yeah. He's going to get a lot of opportunity.
2: There's going to be a lot of opportunity. You got a little bit of run last year. Again, the G League stuff. Don't pay attention to the stats so much as the guy did just get basketball playing time last year. And again, if he can come in and compete in training camp and summer league, we'll see it. And he'll get. He'll get minutes if he can play. Yeah. It's that simple. With yep. a roster like this, he'll get minutes if he can play. If he's not playing, it's because he's struggling. Yep. Period. That's how these
0: things work, especially when you have bad teams. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. And this guy was still, let's not forget, Like he was the 50th pick in the draft or something like that. Like-
1: uh, he was the 40th.
0: 40th. And big the downtown. Kings
1: actually traded him for a guy who was pretty impactful. Kenyon Martin, right? Uh, no, Tillman, Xavier Tillman,
0: Tillman in Memphis, That's who right. we traded for two impactful players. He had like a big,
1: a big bucket against. uh oh, yeah, he
0: was great against the Warriors. Yeah, so, him and Desmond Bain. Yeah, that was sick.
1: Yeah, hopefully uh, it works out. But can we give him a grade? Is it incomplete? I think it's kind of an incomplete, well, isn't no, it? I no, mean, I think you
0: can give. I guess yeah, incomplete. I'm not going to give him a grade. A I was going to say, I mean, like he played well in the summer or in the whatever in the G League. He in the in the minutes he did play and the opportunities he was given. I'll give him a passing grade. That's yeah, what I would say. I'll give him a C. Just, yeah, I'll he
1: played. He played well in the in the G League bubble. I oh mean, yeah, he, seventeen 11s eleven. That's again the numbers are kind of. He could have been whatever, non-existent.
0: I mean, that's the thing. It's he like, could have been like seven <laughs> yeah. and four on yeah. like
1: thirty percent shooting. But sure. No. So exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh, I want
2: to give him an incomplete, but if we're not going to go that way, I'll give him a C. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what fine. I feel,
1: too, though. It's like, okay, let's give him something. There's
2: nothing good. There's nothing bad. It's just kind of there.
1: Yeah. But don't you worry. We'll be giving grades for, for Summer Early. League yeah. coming up. When Summer League starts, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll be Love grading performances. We'll know. We know how those we translate at the NBA level. We have <laughs> yeah. it all figured out. Bobby Woodard averaged 30 and 15. He's the, in next Vegas, Le- he's the next LeBron James. Yes, sir. Uh, Speaking of James. <laughs> Speaking of-
2: Silky segue, wow. Frankie.
0: <laughs> Woo. Someone who uh, who scored thirty points late in the season. LeBron um,
1: James Jr. Not literally. Justin
0: James uh, had he had himself a very interest. He's had himself an interesting career. Uh, this is his second season, correct? In correct. Sacramento, yeah. Uh, was second round pick last year. Didn't play much. Um, he a he, play? he, was, he played a little bit run last year. More last year than he, he did. did this year. Um but more guys were healthy this definitely, year. So. I don't think he played at all at the first in the first half of this season, did he? I want to say he got no. some spot minutes. You so,
1: to- I have it right here. He the most minutes he played uh up until the last week or two weeks of a season was was about he played eighteen minutes per game uh in the game against Washington that the Kings barely won. I think they're a little shallow on their depth there, but uh the most points he scored in a game up until the last two weeks of the season was six. He scored six points in a game. Jeez. Then you look at how he ended the season after not playing for, I don't know, two weeks. I think it was about when HB went down. Uh, his minutes went up to about 15, 17 minutes per game. He scored 16 points, 13 points, 31 points, and 16 points. Wow! And obviously we'll talk about the 31-point game. Sounds but sounds very impressive. He, he, it was all spread out, of course, so to put it into like a numbers and, and averages, uh, over the last 10 games of the season, he averaged 9.3 points on 49% shooting from the field, Forty-three percent from three point range and uh well one point nine rebounds. The rest is not that impressive, but he, he came out firing, especially in that game against Memphis, which is a lot of fun. Uh that was a game the Kings needed to win to stay alive yeah. and they went to
2: He the... tried to keep him alive by yeah. himself almost yeah.
1: it felt like at times. He was twelve of seventeen from the field, four of five from three, 31 points career high. Uh the, the Kings have like that tradition of having a rookie or he's not a rookie, but he's a second year player, a young player. Score thirty like in the last couple yep. of games of the season. Ben I think.
2: Mclemore Award. Buddy scout. I always to me the the origin the originator yes. of that for me as a Kings fan was Ike Diagu. Okay. Oh At my, the I'm end of the 08-09 season was just a monster, and I'm like, oh my god, they need to recite Ike Diagu. This guy, what a what a steal by Jeff Petrie. Mm. And then I remember they didn't recite him. I'm like why? You know, you'd hear the stories. That he was destroying Jason Thompson in practice. God. And then you realized why they didn't recite yeah, it. It was he's, a, he's uh, hey, it's the end of the season. Who gives a damn? Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to go get our, th- We're gonna get our 30
1: <laughs> piece. And, uh, Justin James, it's, it's not, I think a lot of people take that 30 point game and they say, wow, he has so much talent and potential. And, yeah, I mean, Memphis was going full tilt. They needed to win that game to make sure they got the pl- a playoff spot. And as we saw the next day, they literally didn't play anybody. And, uh, Justin James was scoring those buckets against a defense that was really trying. They really wanted to win that game. And, uh, of course, you look at the full season, 3.9 points per game over 36 appearances, uh, 46% from the field, 37 from three. The guy can score. He can score the basketball uh, when he gets the opportunity. I mean, he— hate him. (laughs) Chris doesn't like him.
0: I I, just—I— They kept
2: Daquan, They kept him over to Quan Jeffries basically because of his
0: as a locker room guy. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say I hate him. I don't hate him. Well he was a problem. In he college. is not an NBA player. I'm sorry. Like no. I'm not saying he's bad. I don't I don't even know if he's really he he would really do that well in the G League. He just he doesn't have touch around the rim. He really does try and throw everything down, which is fun. It's a good way to get minutes and to make your you know, obviously it was what Justin James was kind of known for. Did you ever get K- one? I, and I don't think he ever did. Like I really cannot think of a single time where he really threw down on someone. I can think of all the times where he tried. Um, didn't Willie
1: do that all the time too. Willie was always about the going for the yes. poster dunks yeah. and they never worked out. The
0: difference is Willie is seven feet tall and should be able to dunk. And he
1: still never did. Um I,
0: Shout just, out I don't know. I just don't think Justin Love James is really worth <laughs> The The development minutes, really. I mean, I, I just well, don't I, see anything there. I think
2: the Kings felt the same way. I mean, yeah. Justin James literally would get in when they needed him to play. Yeah. That's really what that came down yeah, to. That's I mean, what happened was... last year. And it wasn't that he did terrible. It's just you're not really going to get much from him. Yes, I get it. He erupted. Mm-hmm. Guys have big games, especially yeah. at the end of the guy. It happens. Random players have big games. Corey sometimes.
1: Brewer scored 50 points in a game. That's what I'm time. saying.
2: Like, yeah. And nobody thought to themselves after that, like, wow, Corey Brewer is Stars. going to be an yeah. all-league player. Yeah. It's nice. It was a fun little thing. Uh, Chris, I'm with you. He's a guy that if he plays in the NBA, he will be on the fringes. Uh, I think he has a non-guarantee going into next year. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: non-guaranteed.
2: I, I, would be, I wouldn't be. would be surprised if he's on the roster, but don't look for him to get any yeah. sort of minutes or make I, any sort of impact. So.
1: I can see the Kings having him come through Summer League. Uh, if they make a deal before then, they could waive him and then try to bring him back for Summer League, which is something we see happen all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's an NBA I think it's irrelevant at the end either. of the day regardless. Oh, of course. I don't think he's a guy you want to look at next year and say, oh, we have Justin James and Ross, or that's going to help us
0: out. Something I completely forgot about until right now, Justin James was included in that bogey deal. Was he really? Yeah. He it, was? Yes. Yes. In that Bogdanovich now deal. Now that you said it, I think you're right. With DiVincenzo and, and DJ Wilson, he was included he was. in that deal. And, of course, obviously it fell out. But He
1: was the only other add-on player. Yeah. It was bogey and Justin James. So, and, I mean, I, you yep. could
0: say that, I, you know, you could draw a parallel there and assume hey, that he probably by the way, won't be back. Had that gone
2: through, dare I say Justin James would not get minutes in Milwaukee. Oh, <laughs> Well, for those of you
0: out there, the four of you that think like Justin James could you, be a
2: rotation player. Everybody's
0: favorite small forward, Justin Jackson, is, getting, is wearing street clothes right now for Milwaukee. Wow, we're so, going to go there? He might, he might get a ring. You know, know what's crazy? Like, I have no idea until fan. just now
2: that Justin Jackson played for Milwaukee. I did yeah. not know. He, nope. uh, did He's OKC cut him? OKC okay, th- cut
1: I him? I
0: thought the same thing so when I, I, I saw him. I, we, I, I, think, like I, had had I think I brought it
1: up. I think I told you or or yeah, I saw Jay Jackson on a – on. there's another Jay Jackson in the league too. I can't remember his first name. but Jaron Jackson uh, or something? Uh, well, nah, there's Jaron Jackson. There's like a different Jackson. Like, it's just Jay Jackson, not, okay. not Jay Jackson Jr. I figured that's Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> but uh, I'm like, that can't be. Could it be? And I click on it. It's Justin Jackson. He got it. Picked up on a two-way deal with Milwaukee, so OKC did waive him. OKC waived him. When? Also,
2: how? I feel like he made some spot starts for him this year. (laughs)
0: Why does he How? always end up spot-starting for teams? He
1: started, with, started as a rookie yeah. with the Kings. He started. Insane. Yeah, that
0: was insane. Wait, I, I really considered protesting. It. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. And people said
1: Dave Yeager hated rookies, and like he he Bruh. did not start De'Aaron Fox yeah. in rookie season, but he started Justin Jackson. I, just, yeah, I don't a even know. Was a too, I There think. was a lot
2: of necessity there. I get it. Yeah. I, I do want to provide that context, but yeah, Justin Jackson has made way more starts in the NBA than he should have. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Justin Jackson has played in... 248 career NBA games. He started in 61 of them. That, that seems like way insane. too much. How, how no bueno season?
0: was he in OKC? Because like you have to be, in, well, unless it's the opposite that he was doing so well that he was actually causing OKC to win games. It. I don't think that was it. I'm on Jay's side he, on that. Uh, he, he Like how bad do you have to be to be on to be waived from a team that is actively trying to lose every ball game? So,
1: after leaving the Kings over the last two seasons, he has shot thirty nine percent from the field and then forty percent from the field. Uh, not great, not great. I mean, I mean how many
0: minutes a game? Like, is so, he even like playing? Yeah. Uh, is he playing over eight minutes a game? Yes, double.
1: He played, yes, he man. played sixteen point yes. one with Dallas That's and then sixteen point five with OKC. One. And the one game he played with with Milwaukee, which was the last game of the season, I think he played in thirty three minutes. And he had nine points, six rebounds. So for whatever reason, people that have signed him are just – they're playing him big minutes. I mean the Kings played him 22 minutes per game as a rookie.
2: It's He's, he's going to be one of those guys. I remember when Chris Humphreys retired and he uh, he had penned a piece for um, – not the Athletic. Uh, the Players' Tribune. And he had talked about like the biggest thing he learned like as a guy that was never going to be a star in the NBA is if you're likable – There's there is a place for guys that are just likable at the Mm -hmm. end of a bench because they're not going to cause problems. They're going to come in. They're going to do what they need to do in practice. Coaches like them. (laughs) Justin, there you go. Justin Jackson will probably be a guy that hangs around the NBA for like eight or nine seasons just Mm -hmm. based upon that philosophy alone because he is such a nice, likable
0: kid. Blue blood as well. UNC, you know, got the national championship. Got his number
2: retired at UNC. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did we? No, that we. That was uh, we traded
1: the ten pick to Let's uh, not go Portland. Over that. That such a bad trade, and we could have drafted Donovan Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox
2: in the same and draft. Bam Adebayo was available too. The
1: next pick, I think, I think John, John right?
2: Collins was available as well.
1: How about Zach John. Collins? Zach well, we Collins. both lost Portland and Sacramento both lost that. Yeah, trade.
2: neither team yeah. won that trade. No, it was bad. We both whiffed. Hilariously enough, Portland ends up with both. An injured Collins and Giles at the end of their bench this season. Two
1: teams that are bad at drafting historically.
0: So
2: Yeah, Portland, outside of the Lillard, ah, McCollum was a good pick. Yeah,
0: sh- You can argue that both of Craig those Oden picks are Durant. direct results of a, oh, our franchise well, skipping Hilar- on. Well, yeah, because,
2: I mean, <laughs> yeah. Lillard should have been the guy at five, yep. but Petrie was concerned he wasn't going to have enough money to re-sign
1: Jason Thompson. Jason Thompson. Mm.
2: And then, yeah, they, mm. they decided to go with Ben when they were mocked to pick CJ mm-hmm. for the majority leading up to that draft. And from everything I've always heard, is C- that McCollum was the guy they wanted. C- they had C- bo- and they had told McCollum. like both no. of
0: those drafts, wasn't it the case that the guy Thomas Robinson fell. Mm-hmm. The Kings weren't expecting him to be there. They were going to take Lillard, but then they were like, we can't. And then Ben McLemore fell. And then Ben McLemore, yeah, like, same R. exact R. thing. t was a force yeah.
1: in college, and people were just like, we cannot pass up R. R. Thomas R. R. Robinson. t Rob also ended
0: up in Portland. How weird that Portland is like yeah. our graveyard. <laughs> but, um, t
2: Rob ended up in a lot of places. Yeah. Him to, and um him and Anthony Bennett right now are the new Twin Towers in Puerto Rico. Oh, my Rico. goodness. You're lying.
0: Are they, They're on the same plane together.
2: Yes. Anthony Bennett, Thomas Robinson, same Why are they in
0: Puerto Rico? Where else are they going to play? I don't know. Maybe Jeez. where did Jason? He went to Fernabot, and where? That's where
2: where Bogey. Jason Thompson, I, don't know. I was just like Jason Thompson. Dare I say, significantly better NBA player than both Thomas Robson or Anthony Bennett. Well, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah, significantly unfortunately, better. that's a fact. <laughs> I that, really is, agree. that is
0: an an arguable fact. I mean, are Jason Thompson's numbers even bad? Yes, they are. I mean, they're they're not good. They're bad when you put it all together of like this guy only averaged 10 points and 7 rebounds but also played I have to 30 the, minutes a the game. boss needs me thank okay. you for having she me of course of course
1: thank you for coming thank Jay. i'll appreciate it on,
0: on, on the jason thompson talk we we're going to stop you.
1: but chris jason thompson shot 50% from the field versus career
0: that's great i mean he wasn't taking any difficult shots the only the most difficult shot he would take is that disgusting mid-range shot like he used to love that mid-range jump, that like that C, drive. that C-Web mid-range <laughs> jumper. Yes. Also, like the worst hands I've ever seen. Jason Thompson, any big man, like literally, would get the ball really slapped.
1: You guys, before you go, Jason Thompson in his first two seasons: eleven points, seven point four rebounds in his first year. His second year: twelve point five and eight point five. I have to say it, that's pretty much what Rashawn Holmes did on the offensive end this year. I know that. Yes.
0: But the difference is, those teams are god-awful. Jason Thompson is kind of a focal point of those offenses, and I watching never it, he, he is bad.
2: In the Sacramento era, the all-time leader in Kings games Game. played. Disgusting.
0: Yeah. Please I'll leave you on
2: that. There cannot oh
0: be, another. there's no way, like, I'll get that list of all the franchises of most Whatever isn't there? Iron Man, whatever. I don't know. Whatever you man. would call it, there's Jason Thompson has to be the worst most games played for a franchise. Of I any hope franchise De'Aaron
1: sticks around so we can He's, have a new. Somebody has to somebody take that, that from. Like there's. Anyways, uh, Jay left. We don't need to grade. <laughs> Justin James is another yeah. incomplete. Uh, Very much incomplete. If anything,
0: I'll give him low, lower than a C. <laughs> will he be back next season? Uh, I would guess not. I mean, I'd say probably not. You can take a second round pick this year and get the same level of promise and production, I'm sure. I, he's just – he's incredibly replaceable. Like, you can literally get a Jason – or a Jason Thompson. A, a Justin James. Please don't. You well, can like, pick him from the G League.
1: Like we talked about this year, the next year is not – Luke and Monty both have said it's not for fun. It's not it's not for fun anymore. It's, no. not, it's <laughs> not a leap year. We have to make the playoffs. Like, we have to make the playoffs now. Everyone's jobs are yes. on the line uh, players' contracts and and their spot. I mean, it's got to happen. You can't have a bench full of Justin James and and those kinds of players. We need a formidable bench, guys that are going to actually play meaningful minutes and be able to stop be a stopgap. Yeah. And uh, I don't feel comfortable with that. Like I, I don't think Justin James. Would, I mean, not to throw stones again. <laughs> Justin James probably a nice guy. Sorry about it. If, you know, I always feel bad, but I don't think Justin James would be on any NBA roster right now other than the Kings. Maybe the Rockets, but well, like
0: no. I mean, he would. If he were on a different roster, he wouldn't have a different role like he wouldn't have any increased role like this is him getting end of the bench spot minutes is the best he's getting anywhere, like even if he is in Houston or in o k c like he's not getting twenty minutes a game or yeah. whatever that being said um unrelated, but i am <laughs> I am
1: excited for summer League, which is kind of sad for best yeah. for fan. I'm excited to, like, watch games. And, like, can I
0: say I'm, like, 45% sure? That, not sure. I'm 45% wanting to go. Like, I think I'm going ooh. to go. Like, I'm going to make a conscious effort.
1: We might need to talk to KCK, see if they can help us out a little Sheesh. bit, give us some access. Shh. I'd be down to go if you want to go.
0: I would. T- I mean, if 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 our wonderful employers here want to hook us up with any sort of... At least, media pa- at least I mean, some yeah. passes. I would, I would absolutely. It'll be in the I mean, works. There would be no question. It'll be in the works, yeah. everybody. It'll we're, be in the we're works. We're starting it now. We're speaking um, it into existence.
1: Anyways, that's the small forwards. Uh, Any other thoughts on on Harrison Barnes, Robert Woodard, Justin James? They all might not be back next year. So that's Yeah, pretty that's, that's pretty yeah. interesting. They might all not be uh-huh. back. They might be the only position where no one returns.
0: Can I – maybe uh, we'll end it with this. Do you feel like small forward is – this is a very leading question. Do you feel like small forward is the most important position in basketball? I'd say point
1: guard, but I think that small forward is second.
0: That's interesting. No, I don't think you're wrong. I think maybe we're starting to see a transition. I think so. No, I because, agree. Because I mean, you see like yeah.
1: the Paul George or the
0: Kawhis or the guys. I mean, yeah. If you had KG. one of those guys, you were guaranteed to be yeah. a great team. And now we're seeing the Trey Youngs of the world can freaking lead your team to... Stardom, Steph Curry, obviously Damian Lillard. We've seen um, it's just not you know it's it's something that's been very very tough in the past to to build your team around guards. Are we are we about to get are we about to get a, uh, nah, another he, guest? He, no, he, he, he uh, made damn. a drive
1: by. Matt George made a drive by, but Dang. we'll have to get him
0: on the next one. Boogie, but, um, uh, yeah. I don't know. I've just always. I just have always felt like that's been the Kings biggest issue. And like, it's a, it's not, it's also, maybe I should restate it. It's the most difficult. I'm trying to figure out what I'm even trying to say. I just feel like if the Kings really want to be great, they're going to have to get a great small forward. Like no, I've least, always felt that way. And it really has been the thing that's been missing since we've been, I mean, you know, Peja we, was probably the last my point. Great we, small forward. Peja to Rudy
1: Gay to nothing. And then for like what, For years, uh, Mm -hmm. between Page and Rudy Gay, I think for seven years, the Kings had no answer Mm -hmm. at small forward. Rudy Gay left again for two, three years. We had no answer. Then we got Harrison Barnes. Maybe I
0: should put it like this because this would also ring true to the Kings situation. Maybe small forward is the most valuable position towards winning. Okay. like If you have a great small forward or if you have a good solution at small forward— you're probably a winning team, or it makes it, you know, it It just... Some teams can survive without it, like I think Portland. it's just the... Com- yeah, I think it's the combination of, like, you're tall, so you get the benefits of being a taller person, you know, or, like, a center or whatever, but you also, if you're a small forward, you ideally have the mobility of a wing and of a guard, and so it's kind of like you're getting the best of both worlds. I don't think I'm breaking the news cycle by breaking this down, but, like... I don't know. I've just always felt like, you know, we were talking earlier about getting rid of Harrison. And um, obviously, you know, you can you can get a lot better than Harrison. You can also get a lot worse. I just, I don't know how the Kings improve that position.
1: I mean, they they don't really unless they have a, like a, I talked about, have, have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. It has to be either trading for a Marcus Smart, whatever. It's stuff that we have to just kind of cross that bridge when we get to it. But Yeah. Um, Scotty Barnes. Sure.
0: <laughs> a lot sure. of people are very. But anyways, very nice on that. Uh, yeah. No, those are my only
1: thoughts on. No, small forward. It's uh, an important position. Kings are going to need to make a decision on Harrison Barnes if he's going to be back or not. But uh, that's it for the small forward breakdown. Yep,
0: very very short. You know, we're only an hour in, so yeah. we're, we're we're doing a shorter episode today. Uh, thank you for everyone who listened last week to our longest episode. I think we've ever done. Yeah, uh, we might today having, we might push it. <laughs> we
1: might be having to do more of those because we might be putting our show what on the what? air. On weekends, starting probably at some point in the summer, our, our show will be on, on the air over the weekend, and we have to kind of stretch it out a little bit, because we have to put in commercial breaks yep, and stuff. Fun down. for you guys. Anyways, uh, on to the NBA
0: playoffs. I don't know if we can get to for that, but uh, that's the music, and God, I missed that. that. That was great. I know. Man. When is the on NBA ABC? and NBC going to come back? Yeah, need that. Yeah, God, forget these media. It'll riots, be in right. our lifetime.
1: Yeah. In our lifetime, it will, be, it will happen. Hopefully, I think. yeah. A TV deal is going to end by the time mm. we're dead. I think. I hope not. I mean, <laughs> I hope we're not dead at by that the time.
0: point. Luca will be making fifty-five million dollars a year. Luca
1: Doncic so. Jr. will be yeah. uh, <laughs> <For> the <laughs> league MVP. Okay. Anyways, anyways, uh, let's
0: get on to the playoffs.
1: Like um, we do, like I do every week. I usually yep. just kind of. Should I just go series by series? I'll throw it at
0: you, and we'll we'll go through it. Now there's less series to talk about, so it
1: shouldn't take as much time. Yeah, we don't
0: need to recap what happened Um, in the other series. No, I mean, I I I think... That would probably add too much
1: time. Anyway, let's just get into it. Uh, Start from the top, Jazz Clippers, they begin tomorrow night in Salt Lake City. Uh, I I think every series left is, like, very intriguing and very fun. And I do think... I mean, it's kind of an obvious thing to say, but I think that truly the eight best teams are left... Um, which isn't the case every year. Sometimes some teams have upsets or they sneak in or whatever. I think the best eight teams are left right now, um, from like a, a yeah. talent standpoint. Yeah, I
0: think the teams playing the best basketball because uh, talent-wise, you would probably have to put the Lakers in there, but but they weren't playing good basketball. They weren't playing I mean, good basketball, especially you know yeah, year. With, without AD, it's a completely different team. Which they, they they were we bad from saw, the but. second
1: month on. The Lakers. Yeah. You know, no, so, I definitely
0: agree with you. I mean, um, and, and the Hawks would be the only team that you may be questioning that, but they just proved in Game One why they belong.
1: Hawks are a problem. So we'll start with that one first. I I know I said that uh, the Clippers and Jazz. We'll We'll get
0: there. Let's do that last.
1: (laughs) Let's start with the The, the Hawks because I was talking about it before we started recording how the Hawks are kind of like my favorite team to watch right now. Of course, Bogey has a a part Mm -hmm. in that. But um, Joel Embiid, he has the the partially torn meniscus. Uh, wow Every postseason is, is something with him, which is unfortunate for him. And Philly, who has a good team, but... Uh, Atlanta came out and they smacked them in the mouth. Philly came back, of course, but the Hawks have the tools, I think, to to get this upset, I think. I mean, I don't think they're going to. I have to say, just kind of throw this out there. I know we do it at the end, but I'm going to say still, I think Philadelphia takes it in six or seven, but Atlanta could sneak in and, and take the series.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, first on Joel Embiid, I cannot believe... I mean, I shouldn't say – not that I don't believe he has a torn meniscus, but the fact that he does and he still ended up with 30 and 10, I think, in that game definitely was not the same Joel Embiid that we saw during the regular season. Like, he was not, you know, enforcing his will throughout that whole game, really had to pick his spots. and um, But even in picking his spots, man, like, I thought he was really good defensively and obviously offensively filled it up. Um, yeah, Atlanta, like, they're – They can shoot the hell out of the ball. And the thing about these two Eastern Conference matchups that I think is really interesting is it's really two high-powered offenses against two teams. I shouldn't say, like, Philly's a pretty elite defensive team, but definitely Philly and Milwaukee are defensively-minded teams, are teams that are going to try and bother you with their length and make you, you know, take difficult shots and on the other end use their length to their advantage. And uh, Atlanta and Brooklyn are both teams that can put up 140 on any night. So just seeing how those how that will play out between the two series will be interesting. Because, like you said, I mean, if Atlanta wins, it'll you know I think that kind of makes a statement about I don't know if you necessarily need to lean as far as the Kings did, but you know maybe focusing so much on defense, like we saw with the Knicks, isn't really that valuable anymore. We're always taught that defense wins championships, but if we're at the point now with basketball where, I mean, man, some of the shots Trey Young was definitely was pulling from like 35, it's 40 wild. feet. And it's, it's like, if this is a, an actual reliable offensive system, which he's not at the point now where he's, you know, whatever, six for 18 from three or something stupid like that, where he's just pulling like crazy. Like he's still very, very efficient. When he takes the shot I, I think the game sealer was uh he took that three that was in uh, I think it was in front of, over Tobias it was crazy just absolutely crazy well, was Level- that the
1: game sealer or was the alley-oop blob from Trey young to that John was Collins. also cra- I
0: mean yeah just Trey young himself was absolutely insane and that to me uh, news alert if Trey young plays continues to play well Atlanta's gonna play well and Philly's gonna have problems um, I was personally shocked at how Philly was guarding him like They just seemed, and I know, you know, foul trouble's hard, and Trey Young's a very, very sneaky offensive player and uh, really, like, is he must be best friends with the refs or something because he gets just about every single call that you can have. Um, But they just aren't physical with him. Like, he's a six foot, 165 pound point guard, and they have. A bunch of long, athletic, huge wings, and none of them can stop him, and none of them are being physical until the end of the game, and you see what happened when they finally press him and and play physical with him is they were completely shook. So I'm curious if maybe uh, they put Ben Simmons on him for a lot of the game because that was really the only time when I thought Trey really struggled to find his offense, and I think Ben picked up one or two quick fouls when he was guarding him, so they didn't stick with it, and they went to Matisse. That was not it. Matisse was getting cooked.
1: Yeah, I mean everyone's getting cooked by by Trey yeah. in the postseason. Trey's probably been like the, I mean Trey, Kawhi, and and of course Luca. They're probably like the top three, yeah. you know, MVP playoff candidates, whatever you want to call it. But um, KD,
0: man, don't sleep. KD don't sleep as well.
1: But uh, just to wrap up this one, uh, I still think Sixers figured out.
0: Man, I really don't know because I the sh- that game scared me, man. I don't know if Philly can score enough points and i might come down to that like if they can if they play that level of defense for 20 minutes they can win but i i don't know i just don't see it and if joel's going to be injured he had 39 though but he went stupid and he was hurt but I don't know if he's gonna. I don't. I don't know. Like he was fine for today. How is he? Or how he was fine for yesterday. But how does he feel today? Yeah, it's gonna be a very day to day type of, of thing. if his and knee is swelling, and
1: it's unfortunate, know, yeah. he's not one hundred percent. Yeah, because you know he, he might be restraining himself a little more. Mm-hmm. Can't be. Can't go full tilt. But uh, yeah, the I Hawks just, yeah, are, the I Hawks are scary. But yeah. I, I just still think that if Embiid's on the floor, they have too much talent. And they did make a comeback late. They kind of figured it out. Um, yeah. And
0: yeah, that'll be interesting if they figured something out. They were that bogey, I
1: mean, bogey yeah. who struggled. They are a bogey three away mm-hmm. from maybe even winning the game. Yeah. So, um, we'll see. I'm excited. Tomorrow, I think, is Game mm-hmm. 2 on Tuesday. I'm excited to watch it. Um, another Eastern Conference series, which is a lot more interesting now, that James Harden yeah. probably is out for the rest of the series. Looking like it. It's a hammy. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Yeah. Brooklyn had a pretty... I'd say pretty easy for game one. It was easy. Uh, And James Harden played for like 30 seconds of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, it doesn't really change much. But at the same time, I don't know, like preparation-wise and and just, I don't know. It's unpredictable what can happen on any given night. But having Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you still have to feel pretty good about your chances. Even though Giannis Mm -hmm. is the two-time MVP, Middleton, Drew Holliday's played very well. I still think that Brooklyn's going to control this series. And I think it probably goes five or six.
0: Yeah, um, Brooklyn's just, they look ridiculous offensively. I can't believe how good Blake's played. Um, that'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, Blake at 18 I, in game one. Yeah,
0: I, don't, I was going to say down the road, but, I mean, you look at the teams remaining, and I don't know if anyone can really make them pay for, for being so reliant on Blake. I mean, if if Blake's going to be their, their center, uh, you know, Joel Embiid or something like that could obviously really make that – a tough time Jokic might be able to make that a tough time but i don't know if if the bucks really have anyone to punish uh punish them uh for for playing Blake down there and yeah, again much like the sixers i just don't know if they if if milwaukee's going to have enough offense to keep up and like i don't know if dante demencenzo's injury is going to be the end all be all of this series but i just feel like you know, if you have someone like him that kind of can tip... Not, I mean, well, not it affects, that a, it affects yeah. their
1: depth, though, because they started Pat Connington in yeah. uh, the last series, in the not last great. game. Yeah. They started P.J. Tucker, who... I mean, he has his moments, and he can... He doesn't
0: look great, though. I no, mean, he, he hasn't yeah. been the
1: same P.J. Tucker we, that we saw in Houston over the last couple of years, and he's a guy that can be a good defender and knock down a three, but, no, DiVincenzo was huge, man. Like, he mm-hmm. it hurts us Kings fans to look at what he was doing before he got hurt, but... Um, guy was rebounding, he could play defense, mm-hmm. he could do it all fast. So, yeah, losing him affects their overall depth because Pat Connaughton and P.J. Tucker are significant downgrades. But, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, Milwaukee, their score, not that Divin yeah, Chans exactly. was a 30-point per game scorer. Yeah, exactly.
0: But it just helps. I mean, especially, I mean, yeah, if Harden's going to be out, and I think I was talking about it last week, but, you know, I was saying if If Milwaukee could end up getting either Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton into one of the top four players in the series, I mean, it also is nice if you can get, you know, maybe you get, well, at this point, James Harden's hurt. Let's say it goes Durant's the best player in the series, Giannis' second best, Kyrie's third best. But then what if it's then Middleton, Drew Holiday, DiVincenzo, and Lopez as the next four best players in the series? Well, then... I would say that Milwaukee's got a damn good shot at, at at taking it, and with him being out, I mean that's that's just a really big piece, and it's uh, it's points that they're not going to get because I just like yeah, dude, Pat Connaughton and, and PJ are nice pieces, but. They're just not. They're not what Dante was. And I no, mean, I agree. It's uh, the Nets have the scores, yeah.
1: and if, if even without Harden, they have the scores. They have two guys there. Yeah, and Joe Harris will put it up. Joe too, Harris. Man. Yeah. Cool. If, if Blake Griffin's going to keep playing the way he's been playing, too, and mm. again, eighteen points from Blake Griffin is a difference maker. Yeah. He's a guy that sh- should not yeah.
0: be scoring that many points per game and they're not getting that from Nick Claxton or from DeAndre Jordan. No. So that's for sure. No.
1: So um I still think that, that Brooklyn they take that series overall. Um, I'm excited though it should be a good series. Yep. I think it, tonight will be pretty telling about what direction yeah. it's gonna
0: go. I mean yeah and if Milwaukee goes down two oh I'd say like, it's a wrap you're no, in trouble. It's, a wrap, yeah, it's at a wrap that point. Because like,
1: Harden I think could be a guy like if they if if uh Brooklyn were to go down three two, you could see Harden and say, "You know what? I'm, I'm gonna, playing. I'm going to play." Especially
0: if he misses, yeah, if he misses they, the time leaning into that,
1: they have the luxury of waiting and seeing what happens and let things kind of play out before they have to push him because a Hammy is nothing to push. Yeah. Um, and
0: yeah, you see the the opposite with the Sixers, where yeah. it's like Joel. I'm sure Joel would love a week off if Ben Simmons and Tobias could hold the team up for a week. But he can't. But he can't. I mean, you and, see,
1: yeah the thing with with Harden is i think that you can trust Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to you take sure over can. so um tonight'll be fun uh moving on to the west the west the west uh the first game which is tonight is the yeah. phoenix suns and Denver.
0: mike malone's yes. michael malone excuse me michael, he bruh. like he doesn't like being called it's mike michael. it's
1: michael uh which is funny cuz i think when the kings hired him he was called mike malone um <laughs> Uh, Phoenix Suns and Denver Nuggets. Uh, how do you feel about that series?
0: Man, again, like just the Nuggets, maybe they're just a very intriguing. T- I mean, they are, but uh, they, they, you can't count them out. Like, I think, you know, obviously conventional wisdom will tell you the team that just beat the defending champions. They're the two seed. Uh, Chris Paul has just had some time to to heal up his shoulder. They looked really good beating the Lakers. They didn't look like world beaters. They didn't look like oh for sure this is a team that can that can hang with the big guys. But they showed that they can at least take care of business. Um, and the 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 Nuggets are coming off seven games or is it six? Was it six? Uh, it, was six. N- it was six. It was six. It was six. Yeah, yeah. So you know that's a that's a long series and and you know they're. Uh, they are down Jamal Murray still and it'll be a matter but of But they're
1: up Austin Rivers. They're
0: up in Austin Rivers, that's for darn sure. But it's it's gonna be a matter of if they can keep that continuity. I mean, the more time they that That's you, kinda crazy. Each I mean, series is a whole new new ball game and if
1: his career was like not over, but he was a guy that was kinda gonna be a league minimum yeah. or he's playing his way into a contract next mm-hmm. year. I mean Austin Rivers is showing that he can be impactful. I mean, I, I know people have been hating on him for his career, but yeah. he was a huge part of that of that mm-hmm. series beating uh, beating Portland he keep alone in that. I think it was game yeah. three or four. He had like 18, 20 points like by himself. He wanted to run, knocking down every three he could. Yeah. And I was baffled because I was with a buddy of mine who likes Portland, and I was just thinking, like, holy hell, you're getting beat by Austin, Austin Rivers, Rivers right bro. now in it Portland. He
0: does it in the playoffs too, though. He used to do it when he was with the Clippers. He would have random. I remember he, like, busted his face up, and he was, like, bleeding from the nose, but he dropped 30 in a playoff game once. Uh, he's shown the capability to do it. And I think he was saying after that game uh, where he went stupid against Portland, uh, they asked him, you know, he, even just this season, he was waived by the Knicks, a playoff team, team that definitely could use his scoring. They could have used him,
1: I think. And too, yeah.
0: uh, they, they asked him, you know, like, hey, like, what's this season been like for you? And he said, you know, honestly. It was tough because he was told that it had nothing to do with his ability. People knew what he could do, and it was about his personality. And I thought that was super interesting because, I mean, I've I've always kind of speculated that he has mad coach's son energy. I mean, which he obviously is a coach's son and quite literally played for his dad as a professional. His dad was kind of scrappy, too. But uh, he just, I, from what I understand, he just really carries himself like. Chip on shoulder. Like, he is Jamal Murray. I'm sure he sees Jamal or whatever. He, He hears the Nuggets complaining about how, damn, like, we lost Jamal. And he probably sees himself and is like, I literally do everything that Jamal did. Like I can shoot, I can dribble, whatever, whatever. I think they whether, said, whether or not he actually, you know, he's not Jamal. Well, Murray, I think they said some. I can't remember. It's, if, but that confidence also is a great thing, and exactly what you need now because you need someone who thinks he is Jamal Murray. Yeah, with Monte, with, with Monte
1: Morris and uh, you, you know Rivers filling in. It's no one, and I think Jokic said this. Was, no one can replace Jamal Murray. Yeah, but those two guys have done a great job of like weathering weathering mm-hmm. the storm and. Uh, yeah, it's very very interesting to see that two guard combination with Monte Morris and and Austin Rivers because yeah they they can they beat a good Portland team. Yeah. Portland was deep too with so. great
0: guards. Like yeah. that's the best guard combination Powell, we have in this league. Norman Powell, CJ about Norm. Dame. They yeah.
1: beat those guys uh, like outright. They beat yes. them. Dame had a, a historic game and, and yeah. a, a great series.
0: But and you would guess that would be the downfall. Is like yeah, you can't let Austin Rivers do what he did in that no. series.
1: Uh, so. I think it could be a pretty interesting series. I know that Chris Paul has uh, come off a shoulder injury. I'm assuming it's probably doing a little bit better after the time off. Mm-hmm. Um, Joker and Aiton is going to be an interesting yeah. thing to watch. <clears throat> I don't know how Aiton's going to do mm-hmm. on the, on the big stage against the MVP. Yeah. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun though. It's like it's a very fitting, perfect like Denver was up and coming, and they still kind of are. Like mm-hmm. they're still kind of like a young yeah. upcoming team. Phoenix is like is the newest upcoming team, mm-hmm. and they're meeting together. So. Uh, it should be fun. I think I think the Nuggets win this series.
0: I do, too. They feel, I mean, it sounds stupid to say they have the experience, but, I mean, they have, they, they've they been here before. This is their third year um, of being a top seed in the playoffs, and they've made, I think they made the Western Conference Finals once. If I'm not uh, last second. year. Yeah, last season. So, you know, they, they've, they know how to win the tournament and how to play in it, and at the end of the day, Phoenix is, is new to this, and I love Devin Booker, and I think he's going to have himself a hell of a series. He's going to put up a lot of points, but I just don't minute. think... Is this a Torrey Craig Revenge Series? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, because that's so... And it's so weird that they even let go of Torrey Craig, because he seems like the type of dude that you would really want in the Didn't playoffs. he go to Milwaukee, and then he went to... I don't remember him going to Milwaukee, but he did... I... It... <laughs> He did bounce around. He's, I he's remember. Around his whole career. I was
1: about to say. I think like, who's going to guard Booker? Oh, Torrey Craig can guard Booker. Yeah. I said, oh, wait a minute, Torrey Craig on is Phoenix on now. Phoenix now. So yeah, uh,
0: I mean that's that's a great point though because that's going to be there a big problem with uh, with the Denver is they don't have anybody to play defense really, and I mean they, that's you as we know Mike Malone loves him some defense, um, and the is, Suns are going to give them absolutely hell. Is Will offense. Barton still out? I think so, yeah. I feel like I saw him in street clothes the last game. Uh, but Michael Porter Jr. is also someone that, you know, I don't know who who um, who Phoenix is going to throw at him. They can put McHale on him, but, you know, I I think Michael Porter Jr.'s shown, it's crazy to say, but I think Michael Porter Jr. presents a bigger issue for McHale than LeBron did last. Yeah. I think LeBron kind of went, I don't want to say easy on him, but I think... Uh, with his ankle injury, he wasn't attacking the rim like he, he should have been. Like the
1: explosiveness wasn't there. Yeah,
0: like LeBron is six eight two fifty. He should be going at Mikhail Bridges 6'8", 215 he, frame every single day. And you could tell when LeBron was, was not yeah. when he was
1: reaching back for it, and mm-hmm. you can tell that it wasn't like a it wasn't a thing that was happening consistently.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and they were definitely hurt, and uh, that showed. It'll be interesting to see them go against a healthy team also. Um, Relatively healthy team, I should say, without Jamal Murray, obviously. But uh, because, you know, the Lakers were not – a lot of things were going wrong for the Lakers going into that series, and for them to even patchwork two games, honestly. Without AD, pretty much. Yeah, like it could – that we could look back at the end of this playoffs and be like, yeah, like remember we thought Phoenix was actually legit, but it turned out they just kind of beat they. You, I guess you could really could you say they barely beat the Lakers?
1: No, they beat they, they beat them they pretty. They killed them
0: that that game. They beat them by six, thirty,
1: like, and they they never let it go under eleven. I think in game uh in game six, yeah, game, yeah, game six, they never let it go under eleven points. Yeah, so they uh. At the beginning, it was very close. Yeah, and then I mean they just, for
0: sure. And then yeah, that they game beat them down. Yeah, the last two Yeah, that games. game three where where the, they outscored <laughs> the them the Drummond lean back game. Yeah, and they, where they, they're sunning them like they after that, it was a wrap.
1: They outscored LA like by fifty points over mm-hmm. the last two games. I think. Yeah, so um, yeah, okay, Denver.
0: Yeah, I'm taking Denver. Taking it's, Denver as it's well. It's kind of just lack of lack of faith in in Phoenix more. And then uh, and then yeah, that brings us to our our last and final series, which was supposed to be our first series, uh, Utah and the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, probably the two favorites to make it out of the West at this point. Um, whoever wins the series, I would, I would guess, would probably be the favorite in the next series. I would assume
1: whoever wins the series is going to yeah. go to the finals. Yeah. That's just me. It's a hot take. I don't know if it's like a hot take, but it's yeah. like I think that – Whoever wins the series is going to be in the finals for the West. Yeah,
0: and I, I mean, I feel that way similarly about the Brooklyn Milwaukee series. Yeah, like, I, it's, it's oh yeah, funny, but we're kind of yeah. The next round might kind of just be semantics.
1: I can. It's I don't know. In my mind, the finals are already set, and this and is you a, think it's com- going to
0: be Brooklyn and if I had to guess, you you, Clippers. Yeah,
1: I mean, I just think it's going to be Brooklyn. That's and Clippers, probably, probably. I but... mean, if
0: if someone. I don't like to say Which put a gun the, to my head. The if somebody markets, made me bet, I would probably bet The that. big
1: markets still win. I'm sure yeah, people exactly, are going really that. Yeah, exactly, bro. That would be hilarious. People thought they were going to get, gonna get out of it with that Can um, I
0: read? There's, a, there's that graphic that's being passed around of like
1: the yeah, last year how, exactly. everyone's made the playoffs. I was going to uh, bring that up too. I forgot, so I'm happy you have it. So
0: the Sixers were the most recent champions. Uh, 1983. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything significant about that. year. N- got nothing significant about that year. No, uh, man, personally, we, I was we not alive. No, nope, I was <laughs> um,
1: negative eleven.
0: But the Sixers are the most recent of all the remaining teams to win the championship. 1983, the Bucks won in 71. That was probably with Lou Alcindor, if I had to guess. Uh, and was Big O still playing? Uh, again, I wasn't alive, so I don't know. Uh, Basketball knowledge, bro. I don't. I don't know either. Uh, the Hawks won in 58, which. I don't believe was actually the NBA. Well, it does say winning NBA title, so maybe it was the NBA title, but uh that was before the merger, that's for sure. And then the Clippers, Jazz, Nets, Nuggets, and Suns have all never won the title.
1: We'll be crowning a new cha- it's fun. We'll be crowning a new champion yeah. pretty much for the first for the time first in time a long in 30 time. Years, Thirty 40 years. You know, yeah. Um it's good for the game, I think. And like I told like we talked about, I think truly the eight best teams are left and yeah, before people are going to be a smart ass and say, well, yeah, there are the eight teams that are left, so obviously it's the best eight. No, it doesn't always work no. out that way. Sometimes you have teams. I mean, you that
0: could are... argue Miami wasn't the second team yeah, <laughs> last had, year. You could say Miami has more talent than. Well, I was saying last whoever. year. Like last yeah. year in the finals, I wouldn't say Miami was the second team. I would, have said, I would have say Milwaukee. Yeah. I think
1: everyone thought Milwaukee wasn't coming out of the East last mm-hmm. year. It's, I think these are the best teams, and uh, every single series intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think the Clippers win this series, but I mean, just overall, as a, as a whole, um, it's going to be intriguing. Yeah. I mean, if you want to touch on this series specifically, it's a little bit we can, but. No, uh, I think. Uh, you said Utah isn't This it. is
0: just, it's. they're not it, and it's going to be a lot of. And the problem is, this is funny enough about really this entire playoffs and in stemming off that graphic I just read is this is all teams who have never done it before, and the players themselves, besides Kawhi, have, which kind of gives the Clippers the massive advantage here. Um, have never done it before. None of them know the formula or what it feels like to make the championship. Uh, and that's that's a really, really big, scary problem because these teams are going to come. It's, uh, it's it's going to be really interesting basketball. And uh, I lost my train of thought here, but um, the, I think the biggest problem for Utah and the problem that they're going to face is is what are they going to do with Paul George and Kawhi, and specifically Kawhi Leonard? Are you going to throw Royce O'Neal at him? Or are you going to throw Bogdanovich at him? I just don't know what their answer is. Uh, We're on the other side. I don't really know if Donovan Mitchell is, you know, and I'm probably lower on Donovan Mitchell than most are, but I just don't love relying, especially in the fourth quarter. They haven't had to do it, obviously, because he's been hurt recently. Um, And it's fallen more on Bogdanovich. But if you watch any of the last four minutes of any Utah game that is close, it is exclusively, and I do mean exclusively, Donovan Mitchell driven. It is just give Donovan the ball, run picks, run plays for around him. He can make make the read if he wants. Eight out of ten times he's taken the shot. I don't love that. It's incredibly ISO heavy. And they just really like that is their end of game plan. That's not going to work in the playoffs. Donovan's not. I'll gladly be proven wrong. And people blow up my mentions. If it happens. I just don't think Donovan Mitchell is quite built like that. Like that is a specifically different level caliber player to essentially. And, you know, yeah, he's got a great team behind him, but at that point you're asking Donovan Mitchell to eliminate Paul George and Kawhi in the fourth quarters.
1: No, I agree, and I just don't
0: see that happening.
1: I agree. Uh, it's like that star factor, and yeah, he could prove us wrong. You know, he we saw Luca come out and yeah. he had his. That's come the thing. Out party I mean, that's and, the type
0: of player that uh, caliber that I would expect to do it, but I just yeah. can't see us being like... the Dame factor. You know, yeah, um,
1: we'll see. We'll see. He, he he's a young player and, and it, he could, did it, last, it, it mean, could be the season he has a coming out party, but uh him and Jamal I, Murray
0: last year traded fifty point games. I'm putting
1: my, my, my chips on the Clippers. Just I, I have more faith in in Paul Mom hopefully Paul George and not Pandemic <laughs> P. Yep. And uh and Kawhi Leonard and uh yeah. Should be a lot of fun, a lot of good series, a lot mm-hmm. of good time. I mean we'll talk I mean, next week though I'm assuming all of the series will still be going when we record next week, I think.
0: Yes, so, yeah, they should be.
1: That's why we don't need to Go you know, too
0: deep into it. Yeah.
1: It's like we should see a lot of these series haven't even started yet. No. So, um, well,
0: it'll be fun, though. It'll be very, it very fun. fun. This has been a fun playoffs. Um, the game seven was not quite a you know ESPN classic game seven, but
1: it was close until about midway, midway through the third quarter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I
0: mean, at the end of the day, Dallas just Clippers are more talented. Yeah. Dallas, it's been the issue with Dallas that everyone acknowledges, and they're Luka deep. Ty
1: Lue might be an NBA champion again. Is that, I mean, if he imagine if he does, though, he'll be the he'll have led the Cavs to the. It's just like Ty Lue, random. Yeah. It's just so random to me. I don't well, know. Well, that
0: also might. I mean, you could say that to say that the that will probably hold back the Clippers. I mean, at the at the end of the day, he could be the thing that it could. But he didn't hold back the Cavs. I mean, no, all, with well, all the yeah,
1: everything against them, and they 3-1. almost did. I mean, They almost did. Yeah, they they but, were a game away. A lot of fun stuff. Uh... Enjoy watching Bogey and your former, you know, past Kings. I think it's Bogey, Yogi, Boogie, uh, Rondo, Rondo's in the playoffs. Who else is still in the playoffs? Um, Justin Jackson still in the playoffs. Jackson's still in the uh, playoffs. For those of you that are on Kings' watch, who else? Um, I anybody? Trying to Seth
0: think. Curry. Trying to think. Seth Curry. Good call. Uh, Uh, Frank Kaminsky even though it was only training camp Frank Kaminsky trying to think trying to think Brooklyn doesn't play anybody that's it I think I think that's it
1: no one on Denver nope that's it enjoy watching those Kings players Michael Malone yeah okay ouch Uh, enjoy watching these you know former Kings do their thing Uh, next week next week shooting guards shooting guards
0: how I many we got? Buddy Hield. Uh, that's the only shooting guard. Buddy I Buddy Hield, Terrence
1: Davis, Tyrese technically counts as a shooting Tyrese. guard because he was playing. Yep. We're we're putting him as a shooting guard because we're trying to space out everything, and yep. you know we don't want to put Fox and Ty together. Yep. That'll take four hours. That's so. a great point. Um,
0: so expect a long one next week. Yeah, with Buddy and Ty. We'll see
1: if we can get Boogie George in here yeah. or uh, or J Mars and, yeah. and do it again. Um, yep. so cool. That's it
0: awesome uh everybody enjoy this great well if you're in california actually you know what let's take this time to shout out our australian listener uh we'd obviously i don't know your name man but uh we can look at our analytics from every episode yeah and uh, we can see where in the world that people are listening we have a listener in australia i think we have um a listener in like Montenegro we'll or something a shout like out that to my
1: guy tristan
0: tristan tristan shout tristan, out tristan.
1: tristan in australia uh, Talked to him on Facebook a little bit. Dope. Uh, a brave man to be a fan in Australia. <laughs> uh, there's probably a lot of. If Bro, you could have, have
0: picked any team, and you picked. Hey, us, you thank know, you, and thank you for listening. I wish, for sure,
1: I, I wish you know I, I was born here. I'm a Kings fan. I yeah. wish I could have you know maybe been born somewhere else and been like a Spurs fan or something. But you know what? You are what you are. I'm a Kings fan. We're Kings fans. We're in it together. Whether you're in Australia, Sacramento. Uh, basketball hell whatever you, wherever you are <laughs> we're we're in it together so.
0: we are uh, so with that we're going to wrap it on up for Frankie Cardicelli I am Chris Watkins thank you all for listening uh, be sure to check out all of our previous episode or positional breakdowns and be on the lookout next week for our shooting guard episode thank you very much shout y'all out. have a good one And shout out Pfizer yes sir